This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hello and thanks for listening to this second compilation of pictures from Because You Watched. We'll be back soon with some brand new episodes, but in the meantime, here's a potpourri of stupid, funny and occasionally genius ideas from the show so far. This episode features pictures from Adam Hess, Marcus Brigstock, David Brain, Andrew Hunter-Murray, Georgia Maguire, Michael Strani, and Maisie Adam. Adam, what is your idea for a feel-good sports movie for ages 8 to 10? It's called Try Hard. Oh, yeah. And it's about a boy. He's so clever. I can't believe it. It's so clever that it's almost... What grades are you getting? It's so good that it's... I mean, this is the twist. This oh, is, we've got a twist already. So this kid is so clever that he, in his maths exam, he was he's the cleverest kid in uh, the whole town. And, <laughs> yeah. And the whole borough. Cleverest kid in the borough. Oh, wow. So clever um, that he's going to... The university he's going to go to is maths high. Ooh. And he's very excited about going to maths high. Mm. He's so clever. He's definitely going to maths high. Um, but he was so good in his maths A-level that no one understood the answers. He got everything so good, he did the math so well, that even the person marking it was like, right. I can't understand it. The, the numbers were too high. So <laughs> I've never seen such numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. 100 is the highest number. I don't know what is this one. And so the guy marking it was like, I don't know, so he's give a big old, big old orange zero. And so he didn't get into maths high. Oh, no. And he got, had to go through clearing. And the only... <laughs> how, long, how far school. are we into the movie at clearing? This is like the first like, bit of dialogue, the first sentence. Okay, All right, of this yeah. is coming in the first sentence. <laughs> Got it. And, uh, and the only space left in the entire borough yes. to go... It's all very borough-based bur- cinema. Very borough-based, yeah. um, The only place and the only course left, in the enti- actually in the entire world, actually, mm. global market, um, is to a uh, place doing a degree, uh, doing rugby at Oxford University. <gasps> and he was like, oh, no. I sh- oh, gosh. And he's like, I can't do rugby. I'm only maths. So he turns up and everyone's like, you're too nerd. You're too nerd mm. to do this. And this is awful <laughs> for you. And he does. Who says, who says that? What, what's the character who says you're too nerd? Bragg is his first name. Typical. Bragg Leg. Because he's got the longest, yeah, so he's, he does, he's he got does the longest, longest leg, leg. and he brags borough, about it. He does that all every morning. He brags yeah. about it. And is he a rugby kid? Bra- Conveniently, because he's got the longest leg, he kicks it the furthest. Right. So yeah. he's yeah. Is he also doing rugby at, at Oxford? Absolutely. So it's two at- kids from the same borough. No, no, no. He no. He, he goes to Oxford oh, to do rugby sorry, and brag leg is there. Brag leg is there. That makes sense. So we've broken out of the borough now. Yeah, yeah. It's very borough based in the intro. And then the big bright lights of Oxford. And um, everyone's like throwing stuff at him and being. Paper its lights. Paper its lights. It was in the day, so it was yeah. it was daytime. And uh, everyone's throwing stuff at him and saying, "You're too nerd to do this." Hey, <laughs> hey, why don't you go and count? Uh, and then he says, "What's his name?" Oh, he's got a name. And um, so what happens is he he's like he's about to do the first like match. Mm. Oh, like any and he, he has practice and he's mm. bad in the practice. He's mm. like, "Oh bother," and. Uh, and he's so embarrassed. He's like, oh, this is rubbish. But then he remembers he's got a twin brother <laughs> who's exceptional at rugby. Exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. He's very confident. He's very cool. Everyone finds him nice. Mm. And it's just and like, and so he just turns up. So it's played by the same actor. Yeah. And you just see that he's just like the, the what he could have been if he was like, like was like more like rugby-ish and he's like a cool guy. And then all of a sudden everyone starts to love him. So he does his, uh, so basically every time there's a, a match, the brother called John. What's the original character called? So we've got John. You're going and... to you're gonna kick me for this. It's, is, is it's it John. John. It's John as well. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and I know I could have changed that, but that's what happened. That's what happened. And, no, it's not John. Uh, Billy. Let's call him Billy. Okay. The, the original one's called mm. Billy. And uh, they get to the finals. They get to the final. The twin brother, um, very vain guy, has rubbed so much moisturizer <laughs> into his face. Yeah. <laughs> That he can't leave his bedroom because his his head's too big. It, it, it affects thousands of men every year. So it's up to uh, Billy, the nerd, to mm. do the rugby, and he actually does all right. Oh yeah, he's doing okay. Yeah. He's not not quite going to win. But then uh, he basically works out with some clues <laughs> that he he's insane. His brother never existed. Oh my god! It goodness. was all in his head. Just just be confident. 
and he remembers you just got to be confident in life and you yeah. can do anything you want. Yeah. They win the match and he goes to hospital. <laughs> Wait, so he's got the he's got the big head the whole time. No, 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 that was all he said. That was in his imagination. <laughs> oh, it's like, presumably for okay. psychiatric yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he has to go to hospital <laughs> yeah. to just sort out. There is no brother, and he's just like going, "Oh, yeah, oh there's never John. There's a John, the big skull." And he's just like, "Where's my brother? Where's my brother?" He's like, "There's no brother. We've told <laughs> yeah. you, there's no brother." No, I understand your John Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're fine at rugby, yeah. man. You're fine. You're fine. He's like one of the best rugby players the world has ever seen, and he's just like he's just so he's not doing too great. And uh, and so he just goes to hospital and he's fine yeah. and then uh, then he um, yeah he comes out and he's uh, doing all right now. That's he's post, post credits, isn't it? Him coming out of hospital. Uh, we did, this is the first scene. Oh, so and then. it's not like that. It's not like that. I've never. I don't think I've seen a film which is a psychological thriller, <laughs> but which keeps that back for the first eighty minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to keep it back. It's right, and, it's, yeah. and then, but then you realise. <laughs> You, the clues were there the whole time. Yeah. Like, cause like, if you actually watch it for a second time, you see that there's constantly, mm. like, like doctors and policemen <laughs> in every scene saying, you, stop it, there's no brother. Like, constantly. If there's any threat and horror, whether it's doctors with needles or, or whatever it is, it can't be too prolonged or intense, but fantasy settings and comedy may be mitigating factors. Mm. So, so if it's really scary, but then someone falls over into a pie... Oh, that's <laughs> fine. That's very interesting. Ah. So keep that in your back pocket. Who do, th- who do we think could play Brag Leg? Brag Leg. Um, Arnie Hammer? <laughs> oh, man. Imagine if you were a, a teen and you went yeah. to Oxford University to play rugby and Arnie Hammer starts having a go oh at you. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> that's intimidating. And, w- and what about Billy slash John? Uh, Johnny Wilkinson? Uh, famous rugby Yeah, uh, absolutely. Player. Yeah. And, like so he's playing what age? They'll knock a few years off in post, I won't think. they? Yeah. <laughs> Good news, uh, again, bad news, he's 40, so a bit old. But good news is his career apparently ends in 2014, so he's free. Oh, great. Right. We'll probably get him in. Yeah, he's, yeah. I uh, shall I get on the blower to his agent after this? 100%. And also, yeah. it defeats the problem of uh, having people who are good at acting and bad at sport. Exactly what we were talking about earlier. He'll yeah, be yeah. really good at the rugby. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm watching yeah. that film. I'm watching that film. Marcus, what is your idea for a suspenseful TV drama? Okay, so I think there is a lot to like about Breaking Bad and it's been very successful. So here's here's my pitch. We open on a wide shot of the Motorhome and Caravan Expo uh, in the Birmingham NEC. This is all post-lockdown, so that's all back on. Yeah, There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of um, vehicles there. And the camera very, very slowly zooms in on what looks like quite an ordinary caravan. So references here to Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, where they use yep. a motorhome. But this is a tow-along caravan. The yes. door bursts open. Ruth Maddock steps okay. out. <laughs> Ruth Maddock from yep, Heidi but... High. Everyone knows who she is. Okay, of course they do. Ruth Maddox steps out. She looks exhausted. Her skin is blotchy and red. It's very clear to the viewer immediately there's something wrong with Ruth Maddox. Eczema. Yes. It's eczema. It's eczema. <gasps> oh my God. We discover very soon afterwards in a montage of shots that the bills she's paying for E45 cream are through the roof. They yes. are massive. So Ruth Maddox buys a caravan. Uh, on the way out of the motorhome uh, expo, she passes a man riding a penny farthing. He's got a massive beard and he's wearing altogether too much tweed. She kicks open the door and says, do you want to come with me, a Swansea? And he just gets in. Now, they go to the area just near Swansea, the Mumbles, and they start making the most incredible real ale. Oh, yeah. Craft ale. Really? Yeah. In she picked the, the right man for the job, didn't she? Yeah. yeah, in the in the back of... You can probably see some similarities with Breaking Bad here. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. About it. The who's cinematic got, parallels. Who's yeah. got the Who's got the um, brewing expertise out of the two of them? Uh, the hipster. Right. On the... On the um, so he's got brewing experience. On the penny farthing. Of course he has. Yeah. It, it, uh, uh, but well, no, oh no, no, the other way around. He's like been an amateur, an amateur brewer. But Maddock 
has been a, a, a member a member of Camera, the mm. campaign for Real Ale, mm. um, for years, and really knows what she's doing. Mm. They start making a massive amount of Real Ale, and uh, gangs of hipsters from South Wales are in opposition to them. Right. You know, the yeah. brew dog people, it turns out, are Welsh. Sure. Uh, there's someone called Ian Paisley Adams, IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes <laughs> after them. Yeah. Is that what that stands for? Yeah, Ian Paisley Adams. Carlsberg, yeah. Lagerfeld. Carl Sperg, that's yep. one person. He's related to the Fatberg. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically Breaking Bad, but with real ale. And I would like to call it either Get Real Ale, <laughs> or ailing fast because the mm. eczema's catching up with her. So what is what is her motivation for uh for because obviously in Breaking Bad he's he's trying to get money for his family. Uh what's uh Ruth Maddox? Well she the, the situation with the eczema is out of control and E45 yeah. is is not cheap. She tries other emollient <laughs> creams, right? Yeah. Um but none of them are available to her on the NHS, right? So she's really up against it. She's trying to make enough money uh, to 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 get the right the right creams. I see. I don't want to complicate it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to complicate it with her having a family. Also, I think with with Ruth Maddock, the idea of that is implausible. <laughs> <laughs> she's a loose cannon. Um, has she got eczema on her face, or, or is it everywhere? It's it, it's seasonal, Rachel. It's seasonal, no. so it'll move round her body depending on the weather, yeah, yeah. pollen count, fabrics, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Stress. Maybe I'm adding yeah. too much here. Is it possible to infer the future from reading her eczema? Yes. Yes, it yeah. is. That's exactly she, right. Yeah. And that's something she learns from the hipster, right? And she yeah. just calls him the hipster. Nice. His, his real name's Barry, but that's too confusing because they live quite near Barry. Yeah. So yeah. they don't that doesn't really come up. In terms up, of but... treating the eczema, has she tried a holistic approach? Just healthy eating, meditation. This is what he keeps mentioning. He keeps <laughs> Googling other solutions. And it's the one thing that tips her right over. She yeah. will go batshit if you start with that stuff. Mm. If you start yeah. suggesting manuka honey or echinacea, echinacea or acupuncture. Or so, any of those, she'll go mental. And that, that really builds the tension of, like, say we have a classic tense negotiation scene, like in Breaking Bad, and yeah. uh, and in this particular occasion, the eczema has kind of crept up her neck and it's just visible above her collar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, you see that if one of the people who's uh, doing the negotiation with is like, oh, what's, what's that? Is that... Oh, is that expert? Oh, you know what? I actually, and as the audience are immediately like, oh my God, don't. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't go, there. go there. And don't and go there. And she, starts, and she starts off like she hasn't itched for a whole episode. Yeah. And then as they start saying that, you see her, just her hand reach behind. Oh. She just itches her neck once. And you then start to see her cracking. a minute later, she itches her arm twice. Yeah. And then she's itching and itching, scratching yeah. and scratching. And then she fucking loses. Yeah, it's a warning <laughs> sign for anyone. But of course, they don't know it's a warning. And yeah. it, it's, it, it is going to be violent. It is going to contain <laughs> unexpected violence, it, yeah. it, much in the way that Breaking Bad actually does. Are there you know, guns or is it? No, 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 no. Absolutely not. No guns because you know South Wales. But she will, for example, hurl a can of IPA very hard into someone's face. That'd that'd cause a really bad gash. Yeah, she'll yeah. smash someone's head into. Uh, one of their brewing setups. She'll drown people in ale. Um, that's probably about it. <laughs> so instead of uh, dumping them in, in in acid to dispose of bodies, she kind of puts them in a keg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. What if that's the 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 the, 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 the what makes the ale successful is the flavour of oh, dead person. Like Sweeney Todd. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like like Sweeney Todd, but this time it's liquids. <laughs> <laughs> so so what do we think is uh, a kind of conclusion to this epic tale of real ale uh, that can be on the poster um i would like to think that that just like in breaking bad maddock makes an astonishing amount of money mm. from this and in the end doesn't know what to do with it and i i, I should state as well this this ale that she's making is being sold illegally 
She's mm. not licensed for it. You're allowed to home brew. You're not allowed to brew and sell without a license. And that's what she's doing. That's where the money's coming from. Oh, and Ruth. she's got she's got upwards of nine hundred million pounds. Wow. Wow. In Swansea. So she spends that on E forty five cream. Predominantly. Yeah. And again does, with. does it work? Does it soothe her eczema? It soothes it, it doesn't cure it. Right. So it's just I mean, uphill battle. Here's the it? thing. What's what's causing the eczema? Ultimately, it's stress. And her life is more and more stressful as each episode goes by. We can see it. The hipster yep. can see it. Everyone can see it. Except her. Bar Maddock. What a, what a clever device. Yep. More, more stress. More E45 needed. The, the, the mm. goalposts keep moving. She can't yeah, yeah, stop. Yeah. She has like 20 years supply and the hipster's like, look, I think, I think we're good to stop now. She's like, no, mm. I might live yeah. 21 years. We need to keep going. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to think that we could get sponsorship from Oilatum, maybe from E45, <laughs> Nestle, um, Lurpak. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And every time she applies it, she can be like, you know, this cream is is really good and it really, really works. I just need more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think it would help it raise the stakes a bit if somehow, because of a plot, E45 as a company starts to go into administration and they stop producing so the e45 becomes like a very rare substance <laughs> you just to you it, yeah. to, it's, it's hard to find and you have to spend millions on it. they um i was thinking if, if e45 becomes what's the is it endangered as a product like rare surely it becomes more valuable and then all of a sudden ruth mannix sat on a 20-year supply of it she's got the only stockpile of e45 nice. that makes her a target oh, nice yes. people nice. are going to be coming out of the woodwork for that sweet yeah. sweet the, yeah, yeah. the eczema folks, the psoriasis sufferers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hives crew. It's not about this. Is not about trivialising uh, eczema, though. That the whole, you know, like the whole situation, should be treated very uh, seriously. It's a, it, it, you know, um, but obviously there's a there's a somewhat comedic twist to it. That's what that's what you get with Maddox. She can convey whoa, the emotion. Whoa, 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 whoa! Which of these twists? Do you think is comedic? Well, look, I, I, I can imagine, Paul, that there's plenty of scenes where she needs to desperately put on some E45 before some sort of important meeting. And there's so much E45 that she's just slipping and sliding around. And yeah. there's definitely some good pratfalls from E45, very, I think. Very slapstick. Yeah, and I, I, certainly in a pilot script, I'm not against her saying things like, after she's drowned someone in, in ale, walking out and going, he was looking pale. <laughs> <laughs> Just stuff. Just is, that, is that how she's gonna do? Is that how she's gonna deliver that line? Maddo. Yeah, he was looking pale. Well, no, she'd. she'd it'd be very Welsh if it's Maddo. He yeah. was looking pale. Or what about um? He wasn't exactly a barrel of laughs. The stuff like nice. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He. Um, you could say he was looking like he was drowning in ale and everyone's like wait you put him in a no 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 uh... no it was a pun was a no that's a pun, pun. It's not, no it's to- totally not no no it's yeah. a, a statement it. of fact pronounced <laughs> like a pun yeah. yes you could say I murdered him <laughs> David, what is your idea for a teen first love movie? This actually is my favourite idea I've ever had <laughs> for anything Ooh. ever. I know, We're I know, so ready. I know, I'm We're ready. myself up. Okay, it's called Love is War, and this is about uh, Child 2. Child 2 was found in a cot outside a top-secret military base, and uh, through various nefarious means and ways, the US government adopted Child 2 and trained Child 2 from birth to be the best highly trained killer all by the age of 13. But then through really sudden and unfortunate budget cuts yeah. in the US government, <laughs> the top secret military base is closed very, very quickly and very, very suddenly. So Child 2 is left and has nowhere to go. But because of befriending one of the trainers, Ralph, <laughs> Ralph puts Child 2 up for adoption and uh, Child 2 is adopted by a hippie family in California called the Warrens. Okay. And um, Love is War <laughs> follows the story of child two, 
or Zach, as he's later, <laughs> as he's later known, um, having to become a teenager because he doesn't understand the concept of a teenager. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know what any of the things that we took for granted are. And in the middle of all this, he's at high school. He's been enrolled by the Warrens. He falls in love with a girl called Sophia Rose. Okay. Oh, okay. Perfect. So he's in there and he doesn't understand what this is. He knows, he knows the feelings consume him as they do like any teenager, but he doesn't really understand what's... What's going on? So at the same time, he's, he's hiding his superpowers, so to speak, and he's falling in love with Sophia Rose. There's a challenge from uh, Russian intelligence who are aware who Child 2 and therefore Zach is and where he is and what he's doing. So they're trying to get him whilst at the same time, he's trying to fight them off, fall in love with Sophia Rose and learn how to be a teenager. As the series goes on, I told you this is good, isn't mm, it? Yeah. As the series goes on, it turns out that Sophia Rose was also... <gasps> Come on. No way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she She's child. also a child, child killer. Brilliant. She's child three, precisely. So throughout the series, they come, they love each other for who they are trying to be, and it turns out they love each other for who oh, brilliant. they are. Like Mr. Are. and Mrs. Smith, but for teens. There you go. Come, so, can we clap? That was amazing. <laughs> All right. That Thank was you. brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks. So how does child two's uh, dark assassin past manifest in his daily life. So he's, he's got a struggle of trying to become a normal kid. Is he like accidentally like grappling teachers or choking yeah, exactly. people out so closets? He, his, and... his kind of, uh, you know, un, 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 almost unhuman kind of um, mastery of all martial arts come into play. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Just things like gym class yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he has to hide the fact that he can speak all languages. He has to hide that. Think how difficult that would be. Yeah. No, it's not. Unless someone's slagging you off in Chinese. If you're in school. And you have to not cry. <laughs> so Don't you, react. Oh, he's a silly idiot. Don't oh, react. No. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, he's, he, but, sorry, the, the having not knowing your own strength or, yeah. you know, or when people say like, hey, buddy, look alive. And they throw a basketball at your head and he just bursts it with his hands. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's exactly, a cool yeah. thing. They go, oh, the new kid's actually a bit tough. Yeah. Stuff so like when, that, he, when yeah. he starts the school and when he starts to try and figure out himself as a teenager, he, he thinks all of his um, abilities are a negative. But then as, the, as it comes in, it starts to become more of a positive. So if, when Sof Sophia has a problem or the daughter of the adopted family that he lives with is, is being bullied, he can deal with that in a way that only a stone-cold killer can. <laughs> What, what, what are the ways he deals with that? I'd love to well, hear it. Well, he just dispa he dispatches scene. the bully. You know, it's the kind yeah. of classic bully. He stands up to the bully in a way that the bully would never have been stood up to before. Yeah. Murdered. Precisely. <laughs> like, like fingers up the nose, like lifting him off the ground. All that. Yeah. All yeah. of that. All yeah. of that. But, but also, there's no, and also he's trained to the point where there's no trace of anything he's done. You know, he's, he, oh, moves in, he moves in the yeah, shadows. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. also, is it possible that... So we saw a montage of him using all these things, like all these sort of spy weapons yep. back in the day. And now we see, like, he's just left in a room with science stuff, and he's able to defend himself from the bully. Using with, test yeah. tubes. Yeah, exactly. yeah test tubes, but it's all sort of similar to the spy stuff. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, oh, protractor, in the eye. Exactly. <laughs> back, back exactly. Yeah, yeah, Punch yeah. him in the head, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, so Russia, the Russian yeah. intelligence is trying to kill him in a high school. And he's using his, you know, he's using, like, the essentially, you know, like in yeah. Rocky, the hay But, but leaving thing. no he's trace. Doing, but leaving no yeah. trace at all. And it's like, there's like you cut to, like, the gym class coming down the hall, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cut to him fighting off the guys. You can hear them coming. Then he's like, pushes the guys in the cupboard, like, leans against the door. Exactly. And, oh, hi guys. Like, yeah. Hey, Zach, are you going to gym? And he's like, yeah, miss. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll be there soon. And he's like, yeah. scrapes his fingers down the blackboard to disable someone who's coming after him. Yes. Runs off, and then the head teacher says, hey, Zach. You're sweating. And then he was like, it was gym class. <laughs> so it was like that. Exactly. So exactly. How are the Russian agents infiltrating the school? Is it possible that we could insert a little bit of like a sleeper agent? Is one of the students maybe in with the Definitely. Russians or something? One of the teachers, or one of the teachers is go. a Russian spy. Well, there's a really old looking kid. Maybe we could cast the guy from oh, Love Alarm. Oh, and yes. he's one of the spies. Could, could it be that there's an old looking kid called Dimitri? And he's really good at stuff, and everyone's like suspicious of him. And it turns out um, he was—he's just an ugly child called Dimitri. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was the guy that, like, a teacher that he trusted, and he was confiding in the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So he was like, "Oh yeah, I shouldn't tell you this, but I'm uh, whatever. Yeah. I can't say too much." Poor so Dimitri. That's it. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Dimitri's like a secret hero. Maybe yeah. Dimitri saves the day in one scene. Turns out Dimitri comes down the corner. It's like, oh no, he's in trouble. Here comes Dimitri, oh, and then he helps right. him. It's like, and he, oh. Dimitri's a good guy. We were so racist all along, <laughs> assuming Dimitri was a bad guy. <laughs> and maybe when he comes into the school as well, he like he thinks everything that teenagers do is really shit. He thinks they're really yeah, immature. Absolutely. You know, and he comes in and actually he finds it really difficult to get on their level because they're there like drinking cider 
in the Ooh. playground or whatever. Yeah, he has to yeah. learn to he has to learn to live. He has yeah. to learn to cut loose like a teenager does. Yeah, and because he, he's always he's always on. So at one point, someone slams a locker. He thinks it's a gun. Exactly. And he he just does a backflip. He's he doesn't know why. He's, 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 he's got a bit of PTSD corridor. from some yeah. child stuff. That's the thing. That's the subtake. He, he he's had a he's had a troubled past, hasn't he? Yes, absolutely. So it's not all fun and games. No. And when people are like, "Oh my god, I nearly died last night," he's like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He takes everything completely yeah. literally. Andrew, Gritty Mysteries is the category. What have you got for us? All right. Well, we've seen New York. We've seen South Shields. I want to move the action to Brighton, okay? About time. Now, one thing that Gritty Mysteries always do, they always have a corrupt mayor. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. Big thing about how politics can power corrupt. So what I'd like to present for for a twist on this is an honest mayor. You've got the incoming new mayor of Brighton, (laughs) Patty Henbo, okay? (laughs) What? Patty Henbo uh-huh. is her name. So Patty Henbo is the is the new mayor of Brighton. It is an elected position, but it's done on a slightly different schedule to the uh, the local elections. But it does come with some authority. <laughs> now Patty Henbo, there is one way I'm going to cleave. I'm going to stick right to the format, which is that Patty Henbo also used to be a cop. Okay. Okay. She used to be a, a an officer in, in Bright on Brighton's force. I don't know. I can't remember the name of the uh, the Brighton force. Brighton. I guess it's one of the Sussex. Yeah, Sussex Constabulary. East. Yeah. She was drummed out of the force, unfortunately, because she because of her other passion, mm. which is about urban planning. Okay. She's a very big urban planning geek. She loves knowing about building regulations. She knows it inside out. She knows the rule book inside out. When she was a copper, she was determined to investigate. You know, house builders who were not building appropriate standard homes yes. for, for residents of Brighton all over the Sussex area actually wow so she's, she's got the, pretty passionate she really is yeah. she is Paddy Hambo is a passionate woman and she's used that to fuel her in the campaign yeah. you know it's one of the things that got her elected anyway she has to deal with a lot from her past you know her father went mysteriously missing we know she never found out what happened to him um, and so she grew up kind of tough and resourceful and by herself. She gets into office and right after her installation, literally walks off the podium mm-hmm. into her office. She's met by this shadowy cabal, right? <laughs> people, I know, shadowy mm-hmm. cabal. The, these are people who want to carry out, um, they want to build the tallest building in Brighton. Right? <laughs> right. That's their aim. And they think this could be a huge, big contract. They don't explicitly offer her a bribe, but they make it clear that this would be very good for Brighton. What's good for Brighton is good for her. Yeah. You know, re-election is just four years away, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, she's suspicious. and they, the, Oh, sorry, the building is halfway under construction, by the way. It's already... <laughs> yeah, okay. It's already the tallest building in Brighton by some stretch. The tallest building in Brighton, of course, being Sussex Heights. Uh, it's it, it's uh, the tallest many... building in Brighton and Hove. That is 102 metres. Yeah. This is going to be 300 metres tall, this building. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely <laughs> enormous. It's, it's going to wow. be a huge, huge building. So it's already 150. It's at 150. It's kind of this massive, you know, stepped pyramid. Um, it's not in keeping. Uh, it's not in keeping at all with the, <laughs> the aesthetics of Brighton. That must, that must really drive her up the wall. It rankles like nothing. Yeah. It's, oh, she's furious. Anyway, so eventually she uncovers the truth behind this, which is that the building is going to be a meeting place for crime and crooks, right? <laughs> oh, God, there's going to be so much I crime know. in there. The, and not only that, she, she, she <laughs> learns that the building has not been adhering to various planning regulations, <laughs> and that's when she sees fully red, okay? <laughs> Honestly, that's worse in some ways. It is worse in many ways. And what we... Now, we then have a slight genre switch where... I don't know if you've seen films like The Raid or Judge Dredd. She's yes. going to have to fight her way to the top <laughs> past a series of increasingly... Angry and muscular <laughs> men. Bryson-based criminals. Bryson-based criminals, yeah. Um, What's this building called real quick? Brighton Heights. The, well, okay, Sussex Heights is the current tallest. Oh, sorry, this one's going <laughs> to be called Brighton Heights. This one's going to be called Brighton Heights. Yeah, they're, they're like, last time we didn't get full credit. And sounds, frankly, I'm sick of it. Yeah, right. The slogan is putting Brighton on the map. Yeah. Because it's such a big, big building. At the top, who does she find? Her own father. The oh. kingpin. <laughs> Of the Brighton and Hove property racket, uh, and and she gets to the top by using her knowledge of housing regulations because a lot of the regulations have been <laughs> adhered to. So if there's a fire hose here, she'll be able to use that to sort of pull across and you know improvise. Or with a fire axe over here, is kind of nasty fight scene with that. So she uses her knowledge of air ducts and air vents as well to get to the top of the building. But she, just to be clear, she is murdering people to get to the top. When she has to, she kills. But when she, but when she doesn't, she doesn't. 
she sort of garrots someone with her chain of office. You know, it's, she uses all the trimmings of the mayoralty to achieve what she wants, which is justice for the people of Brighton. So who's playing uh, Patty? Oh, gosh. Um, and I mean, then I'm, who's playing her father? I think Jennifer Lawrence is brilliant and oh, would yeah. be brilliant, brilliant in this. I'm sure she can do the Brighton accent. <laughs> I'm sure she, I'm, I'm, she I mean that seriously. I'm sure she can. She is yeah. very, very talented and versatile. So uh, for her father... I'm always going to say Charles Dance if I need a. Oh, Charles Dance is about 300 years old now. Is it probably? <laughs> he's he's like, so quite late. I was thinking, what about Anthony yeah. Head? He's good, isn't he? Yes. He's good. It was all suave and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. he's also got a suggestion of menace. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Is she is she super buffer? Is she super resourceful? Or she's like... both. She's <laughs> absolutely. Both. Yeah. She's the whole package. You'd have yeah. to be. Yeah. No, yeah. she uses. She really uses everything. Uh, she gets to the top. She gets the evidence she needs. She yeah. brings her father in uh, in chains back all the way down. Uh, Down 72 floors. <laughs> 72 Maybe floors. she yeah. uses her mayoral chain to handcuff him. Yes, brilliant. I love it. Yep. She does that. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the plan. <laughs> and that's when, and, we, and the film closes on, on that kind of moment of yep. justice and Brighton is kind of saved. And, you know, and the, sorry, I, the film is called This Goes All the Way to the Top. <laughs> uh, of course. Of course. Very what does nice. the building look like then? Is it like a tall pyramid? I think of it as being a pyramid. So it starts unbelievably broad actually at the base and it's like a step. <laughs> it honestly, takes up most of the yeah, Brighton and Hope It's about a mile long at the base. So it's Georgia, what are you pitching in the party on category? Okay. Um, so this genre um, isn't, as you may have guessed, my favourite. And I have <laughs> really tried to get into it over the years. Um, you know, you say really... that, but you're holding a beer bong right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I didn't Prime tell you, but we chat. do have webcams on. We can got... see that beer bong. <laughs> yeah, you got a tie wrapped around your forehead. It's ridiculous. <laughs> She's lifting a whole keg. Bob Marley yeah. hat, yeah. <laughs> um... T-shirt that says female body inspector. <laughs> She's got a pop fiction poster in the background. Uh... It's... <laughs> but other than those cues, um, I, it doesn't. the genre doesn't really fit into my life. And it turns me a bit into Victor Meldrew. But, however, mm-hmm. I did have loads of fun coming up with the idea. So I'm also a massive hypocrite, but that's fine. Um, but I tr- thought I'd maybe like lean into some of the tropes, um, you know, the gratuity of it, offensive, bit misogynistic kind of I base. I like it, I like it. So this is called Mole Rats, this idea. <laughs> um, How do you spell uh, that? Uh, mole, as in something on your arm or something under the ground. Okay. And rats, as in rodent. Got it. Um, so, um, high school nerd Keith is desperate to get laid. He's 17, he's never kissed a girl, and he's in love with the classic, like, sexy high school honey, Marisa. Obviously, she's called Marisa, who doesn't even know Keith's name. So, him and his fellow dweeb mate, Eugene, um, they eat pizza, play computer games, and wank. And that's sadly like the end of their. <laughs> so do they do that while they're together? Is that yes, another shared do, yeah. activity with the rest? Okay. <laughs> Maybe they leave the room while the other one relieves themselves. <laughs> um, but Keith is obviously into the dark web. Um, and in desperation, in a really low moment, he finds a site advertising a miracle aphrodisiac for losers who can't get any action. If you kiss the ugliest animal in the world, which I would say objectively speaking is the naked mole rat, God bless them, on a full moon, um, you'll actually become the most desirable human ever to walk this planet for a whole calendar month. So oh, you just need wow. to kiss a naked mole rat, and then everyone fancies you. Basically, do you want, do you know a naked mole rat? Fuck, I, I do. I do. Naked, naked, mole, naked rat. mole rats look slightly like an unsheathed penis, but yes, with teeth. Yes, exactly, oh. like a translucent foreskin with yeah. teeth. Unsheathed. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad you. You know in, in Harry Potter where Voldemort's like a weird little baby, skinless oh, baby yes. at one point? Yeah. That's kind of what vibe I'm yes. getting. They are absolutely rank. Um, I admit, like, it's unbelievable that that's a real creature. I think they're kind of cute. Oh, you don't, Beck. <laughs> they, look like some, they look like ginger. You know ginger? The like bumpy little herb root thing. It's like ginger with some eyes on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You're saying that like I don't have googly eyes on all the things in my pantry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking more and more at this mole rat and it's probably more of a sheathed penis, actually. it's. Uh... Um, so anyway, Keith needs to find a mole rat and he does some research and finds this flamboyant underground mole rat dealer 
who goes by the name of Zed. And so we're thinking here, like, a cross between Joe Exotic from Tiger King, which oh, obviously yeah. no one has Great. anything else better to do than watch, uh, with the child catcher. So um, he's creepy, <laughs> but wild. So Joe um, Exotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Depends on how many episodes you've watched, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, but there's one hitch. It's a thousand bucks for a mole rat, and Keith and Eugene have no money between them. So despite their best efforts, you know, montage of them washing cars, blah, 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 they fail to raise the cash. So what they do is they hoodwink Zed and they um, wrap up a bunch of Monopoly money in a crisp fitty uh, and they get the mole wrap. So we see them run out into the car park on the night of the full moon, deal done. And Keith manages to get in a quick mole wrap kiss before Zed comes after them. And then the rest of the film is them trying to run away from Zed. However, the problem is, it's really difficult to go undercover because everywhere Keith goes, he's followed by men and women throwing themselves at him because he's so It's a bit hard day's night. There's just like a whole crowd (laughs) of people chasing after him. Exactly. And also weirdly like an episode of Rick and Morty in season one where they make a love potion and the world tries to (laughs) then tries to all want to fuck Morty. I'm a secret Rick and Morty fan. There we go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, and so, for example, they go and stay at their friend Toby's house, but they have to leave because uh, Keith like bangs Toby's mum. You know, classic frat <laughs> vibe. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I always remember hearing about those songs as a teenager. <laughs> yeah, thinking about Toby's mum, like it's never Toby. <laughs> Toby's mum. So, so did both Keith and Eugene manage to sneak a kiss with the mole rat? No. So they're both very good looking, or is it just only one of them? Keith? Only but okay. the thing is, is Eugene on their travels still manages to get action because oh, people nice. use him to try and get to Keith because Keith is oh. so desirable. So when they can't get to Keith, they use Eugene. But Eugene doesn't care. He's happy with anything. Um, anyway, uh, they catch they catch up with Marisa. Obviously, Marisa now is like obsessed with Keith. They go, they run, they have this amazing wild adventures. But a month later, Zed catches up with them seizes the mole rat and then tells like marisa she's been duped and the spell obviously wears off and she's Mm. furious yeah runs away into the distance keith is heartbroken but however on a starry crescent moon eve a few days later marisa comes back and actually decides because she's had such a good time that she loves him um and they all they live happily ever after despite keith being a loser uh, and the credits roll, and we see them all 10 years later, and Keith and Marisa are married with kids, and Eugene, he's a trillionaire mole rat king, <laughs> nice. surrounded by babes, and, you know, just like, loving life. Babes love the mole rats. You see on oh, Tinder, yeah. like, all the guys that have a picture of them with a mole rat. It always yeah. goes down great. Just a bunch of unsheathed penises. <laughs> I was really, really hoping that there was going to be a twist, because he got told he had to kiss the most ugly thing in the world and that, that then it would become really attractive that once he kissed the mole rat the mole rat would then become really attractive <laughs> oh that would be so nice <laughs> wait because keith is the marrying the mole rat because keith is the most ugly thing in the world oh, yeah. oh, love oh wow what a, what a way to find out yeah what a burn. <laughs> so with zed right yeah he he deals in mole rats yeah does he know the power of mole rats he does know the power. That's why he's charging. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's also he why he it? knows who... He, it's also why he knows who Keith is once he's become handsomeified because he knows of the process. Yeah. Does, does, has Zed used these for his own gain in the past, do we think? Oh, yeah. Zed's a real... Zed's a real babe magnet. Right, okay. <laughs> Seems yeah. irresponsible so Keith, what Zed's Keith and, <laughs> Keith and... Is it Eugene? Eugene, yeah, yeah. So Keith and Eugene... There's, there's no scene where they actually are fully attracted to Zed, right? Oh, well, that, uh, maybe that would be great. They have to, I love that, when they're going to buy it's the It's very rats. heteronormative, this film. <laughs> yeah, I, well, Zed? as is the genre, to be honest. As is, every single, as is every single thing in the genre. You need to lay into those stereotypes, Beck. <laughs> I like the idea of that scene where they're trying to buy the mole rat and they're just like so distracted by how handsome Zed is. And it's like, no, don't, don't, don't let yourself get distracted. We're just here to get the mole rat. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While they're talking, they just keep kissing him. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Perfect. <laughs> Didn't you describe Zed as like the child catcher? Yes. So he's definitely got a paedophile vibe going on. Yeah, why not? But he's yeah, a really okay. handsome child catcher. <laughs> why not? Oh, so he's David Bowie in Labyrinth. 
Oh no! Oh, there you go. That, that Joe Exotic and the Child Catcher, but sexy, is David Bowie in Labyrinth. Yeah, that is the dream character. That, that is and it. that's what he's got in his in his uh, pouch in his uh, <laughs> leggings. There's a naked mole rat. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you don't know if it's a mole rat. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise putting your hand in. Don't have a kiss it. Or kiss it when yeah. the moon comes out. That's what they say. <laughs> I love it. Who do we think could play either? Uh, our our favourite uh, mole rat sa- sales person Zed, or Eugene and Keith, or even Marissa. So let's start with Zed. Who do we think would be a good Zed? Can we use Joe Exotic? Surely. I mean, what's he going to be? Is doing he out of prison? This? I don't know. I mean, we could. I mean, maybe we could Can just we kind of film it in? through the bars. Live stream just, him in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe we just film all of his stuff in extreme close up, so you can't really tell where hey, he is, and then <laughs> he uses loads of green screens anyway. He's all over it. There's probably enough footage of him out there already in front of a green screen. You wouldn't even need him to act anything. Just use old footage. That's so true. What a cheap, what cheap casting as well. It's yeah, can you change the name of the lead character to Car- Carol Baskin? Because I reckon you could get loads of stuff in that sense. Great. So what about what about our two our two loser boys? We've got uh, uh, Keith and Eugene. And as is always the case with this show, technology's got to a certain point. We can de-age anyone. So your dream cast is really anyone you want to be. It doesn't have to be a young person. You know, you can have Danny DeVito as Keith if you really want, and we'll just uh, <laughs> strip back the years. So uh, who do you think for Keith and Eugene? Well, like, obviously in these types of films, the, the ugly teen is always just a good-looking person yeah. with, with their hair flattened yeah. 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 And, their, and glasses. So I guess... Um, in that line, you'd have to go with uh, with some like get get a young Paul Rudd. If we're going to go with mole, like a, a pun on the name of mole rats, let's get Paul Rudd in. He, no, he wasn't in mole rats, was he? Was he? No, I'm thinking of the fella from uh, from uh, that I think other he's, show. He's very on brand, though. I think he would yeah. suit this Let's sort get, of movie yeah. very. A well. young Paul Rudd, like Paul yeah. Rudd from Clueless, but with flat hair and glasses. Also, the great <laughs> thing about Paul Rudd is you don't really have to de-age him because he's basically the same since the nineties. So you can yeah. chuck him so in true. now. It also saves yeah. a lot on special effects to make him handsome because, as you say, you just stick some glasses on him and then he kisses the Mora and they just kind of vaporize away, and then it's like, oh, oh, wow, he's so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we think for Eugene, his, uh, his nerdy mate who never actually turns handsome but then becomes a, uh, a mole rat uh, tycoon? Mogul, yeah. Mole rat mogul. Yeah, um, of course. I don't know any... Who would Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari. Oh, oh yeah. that's he's good. And he's got, the right, he's got the right energy, hasn't he? Yeah, he's absolutely good for this kind of genre as well, I feel. I mean, you, are, you did want a teen though, right? Well, I mean, it doesn't happen. we can just de-age him to be a teen. <laughs> I mean, I know, it's a, I, know it's, yeah. I know it's a lot more work. <laughs> it's a lot more work for the sake of it looking weird. But I think just put not? a backwards baseball cap on. I him. don't know about you guys, but I don't spend that much of my free time looking at teenagers. <laughs> I don't really know any. Like, could I suggest a rela- a relative? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Beck, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be expecting you to say my my mate Dan or something. <laughs> so. Yeah, if we could all reel off five handsome teens. It would be a little bit concerning. <laughs> Um, I guess one of the Stranger Stranger Things kids. Oh, yeah, the Stranger oh, yeah. Things kids are always a in. Dustin. Yeah, Dustin would be a good Dustin. show. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Do you not think him and Paul Rudd together would look creepy as hell as me? <laughs> I, think, I think any child, Paul Rudd, and whoever we cast as the as Zed would be so creepy. I would actually love to bleach Paul Rudd's hair and make him Zed. Yeah. Uh, well, on, okay. Why don't we go guys, full Nutty Professor? Guys. Is this what you're going to say, John? Where you go full Nutty yes. Professor and what Paul Rudd plays literally everyone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> even even Marissa. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> even the mole rats. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did that show recently where he's duplicated the Netflix show where he's cloned. <gasps> oh yeah. So oh, you're just cloning him again a few more brilliant. times. Well, they must have that spare Paul Rudd still knocking about. We can. Ju- oh yeah. We can, we just Unless they just in, like yeah. mulched him. I haven't watched that show yet, so we could just be describing it like plot for plot. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I am almost certain that it also involves mole rats turning you into a <laughs> version of yourself. I've watched the. Pilot, and I'm pretty sure it's going in the exact same direction as mine. <laughs> okay. I great. also just remembered that the name, the guy I'm thinking of from Mole Rats, was the guy from My Name Is Earl. That's oh, the Jason one Lee. I'm thinking of. Oh, yes, oh, and he did him. not age as well as Paul Rudd. He's no. still a good-looking man. He but would he's be no a good Paul Zed. Rudd. He'd be a great Zed. Oh yeah. He's got that sleazy or, vibe. Or um, 
If we're going on that vibe Jay, uh, with Jay and Silent Bob, then Jay would make a very good Zed. Oh, he would. And we can just get Paul Rudd to motion capture it like Golem, but then anyway, that then be projected onto this other guy. Just as long as Paul Rudd is involved in some form, I'm happy. So yeah. Paul Rudd does all the movement and then we put the other yeah, actors on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. We can put them in the some Andy sort circus. of suit that recreates the movement, yeah. He's being live puppeteered by Paul Rudd. <laughs> Okay, great. So that is Molrats. What a cracking idea. Thank you very much, Georgia. <laughs> Strani, Sentimental Animal Tales is the category. Hit me up. What do you got? So basically, the uh, it's about a, uh, a lawyer who is hired by the uh, council to defend themselves against an animal charity. Um, to who are threatening to uh, sue them or close their, the city zoo. And on his journey, he falls in love with one of the penguins. Aww. He's like this hotshot lawyer. Like, look, um, and I think Nicholas Cage would be the lawyer. He's oh, like, look, lawyer, yeah. Nicholas, um, and they call him by Nicholas as well. Of course, yeah. Hey, Nick, um, can you help us uh, defend us against... Uh, we're being uh, brought to court by PETA, who want to sue us um, and close the zoo over uh, the city zoo because they think we're being cruel to the animals, which we are, so but we need you to defend us. So that's, that's the people for ethical treatment of animals. It's people not the, uh, someone called Peter. No, yes, yeah. it's just to be clear. <laughs> yes, yeah, so... Um, is Nicholas Cage is being hired by the council. By the so council. Do we see the council at all, like, as in the representatives at all? Uh, yeah, there'll be a scene maybe where he goes in and they're like, yeah, they're sitting yeah. in a room. But it's like uh, Nicholas Cage's Nicholas Cage, yeah. So he, he, he goes Sick. to the zoo, he's sort of like... You know, sort of seeing what he can, um, yeah. def- what what's likely that he's going to have to defend. Yeah. And he's sitting there on the bench, and he looks over, and this penguin is looking um, mighty fit, l- looking at him through the penguin enclosure. He's like, <laughs> oh. okay, I'll go over and say hello, and he goes over to the penguin. <laughs> and, Make a move. <laughs> and the pe- he's eating his sandwich, and he's eating his tuna sandwich, and he's like, do you want? Like, they obviously can't communicate. Yeah. And the penguin is like, he True thinks he's looking at his sandwich, but he realizes. He follows the penguin's eye line, and the, and the penguin's actually looking at his crotch. He's thinking, what? <laughs> oh. This is weird. Anyway, he doesn't think any more of it. He goes away, but this penguin is, keeps running through his mind. <laughs> keeps, like, he can't, he can't let go of this penguin. And he goes to the library, and um, he pulls out this uh, spell book, this magic spell book about... <laughs> it, oh, Christ. He, from, this, from the library, and, yeah. um, because he finds a, 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 chapter, a, turn. a chapter on a, 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 how to speak to penguins. So he, he goes he goes home to his, his kitchen and he sort of makes up this spell, follows the spell about how to, sp- how to speak to penguins. And he goes to the zoo and he drinks it in front of the penguin. Calls drink, the penguin drinks over the good, potion. Drinks the potion. But uh, he's obviously done the spell wrong because he turns into a penguin. Oh. And now oh, the zookeepers no, come out and go, what the hell's a penguin doing outside yeah. of the enclosure? Chuck oh. him Get him inside. Oh, so yeah. he, he's, now he's inside the penguin enclosure with this other penguin. And then they really hit it off. Um, yeah. They, you like, they're... You know they're flirting together, they're swimming yeah. together, they're feeding together, um, and they. Uh, I think maybe we'll have a scene maybe where the zookeeper um, comes in, like and he's he's treating them really badly, he's kicking the penguins and stuff. Oh, and he, kicking he, them! Kicking Why? Them, <laughs> uh, spitting at Just them and him. stuff, and um, uh, <laughs> and he calls over. So let's say the I think the penguin his his love penguin's called Betty. He calls over Betty and then he just slaps That's Betty so over the head. So good in the <laughs> Oh no! Right. Right. So so him. so so Nicholas, as the penguin steps in, is like, don't touch Betty. Don't touch, don't don't touch sorry, my bird. Don't, yeah, don't touch my bird. And he like, it's tries to square up. Yeah. What does he do as a penguin? Size. I think he well. I in my head he had like d- did like a roundhouse kick <laughs> and knocked the zookeeper out. Very short legs, a penguin. Well, yeah. <laughs> And, 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 like and, and Betty is like, oh my god, jump. this guy's amazing. So but that's when you go full steam into the um, penguin sex scene. Oh gosh! But it's like really tastefully shot, really tastefully <laughs> shot. Sentence. Um, and it's like, penguin sex and they're like, scene. you know, <laughs> it's they've built up. There's a lot of love and uh, like attention between them so the, that's all released there is it sort of like Top Gun like uh, yeah I'm not sure I'm not sure the certification of this but we might see a little bit of penguin side boob um, <laughs> maybe more I don't know but anyway so the next the next day we'll like they're on cloud nine they're you know cloud nine there's like he's like this is amazing I've found love but the spell wears off and now he's back into 
During the Nicolas sex Cage. scene. N- Nicholas Cage, a naked Nicholas Cage, humping a penguin, right? <laughs> <laughs> and all these school kids are like screaming, like, oh my God. <laughs> Why do you have to involve the kids? Well, they were there on a school trip. They were like, like it wasn't their it's fault. It's not Shaddy's it's fault. Like, they were just there. Yeah. And Nicholas, the he's like, you don't understand, them. so you don't understand. So he's like instantly arrested. He's like, loses his job. Loses, he's thrown into prison. Like, um... So you think you think that's it? That's the you know? Oh you my think, god! I thought you were going to stop there and be like, oh, before that anyway, and say, uh, oh, but then Peter do end up closing the zoo well, and the they thing. become no, no, separated. No, no, Peter do end up closing the zoo so without Nicholas, his help. And Nicholas Cage is in prison. It's in prison. But Peter end up closing Cage. the zoo, so the zoo's closed and all. The- <laughs> Why is he in prison? So he's but in prison for he's in prison for um, indecently exposing himself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Same. you could say he can defend himself as much as he likes, but it's, he's not coming out. He's in any way, shape, or form. Penguin it's, potions. Does yeah. Not hold it, up in court. It's not going to yeah. hold up in court. Yeah. So Peter closes zoo. All the animals are freed. <laughs> in walk the streets. Yeah. Wales they're freed are into around. New York City, right? <laughs> so they're freed. Oh, yeah. Nightmare. Now the penguin <laughs> is like depressed. All the all the animals are like. Amazing, this is great. But the penguin's depressed, it walks along Betty. the street. Betty, sorry. Yeah, it um it hears a flute being played and she remembers that Nicholas was a really sort of talented flute player. <laughs> when would you well, I, th- I'm, I left this out. He was an amateur flute, li- flute player, but he's he's really good. And so, hold on. So, th- when would have the penguin, Betty, have ever heard Nicolas Cage well, playing the flute while he was eating a tuna sandwich before well, he yeah, turned so himself before, into a penguin? So, that, that bit, sorry, I missed out. The bit before he <laughs> um, uh, goes to the library to find the spell book, he visits the penguin every night and oh. sort of plays Betty the flute. Right. And that's right. the only oh, way he yeah, can communicate is through okay. music. Meanwhile, she's just staring hard. It's great. I've lost it. I'm sorry. He's playing beautiful music and she's just staring at his crotch. This is disgusting. It is disgusting. But, Can't confirm, but it is. But it Go is on. in the same way, you know, it's 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 love, it's true love. So anyway, she's wandering the streets and she's like really depressed. She hears this flute being played. She and she follows the, the music and like is now standing outside like um this you know the grates in the pa- pavement and the bar grates. So he's dining in the dream. He's dining in like this basement cell playing this flute. Um and and she's like, oh, and and they like try and like they try and communicate and he's reaching up and like put he's put his fingers through the grate and, and she's just sort of rubbing her face against it and like trying to lick his fingers and stuff like just <laughs> some form of contact do their tongues stick out that much? <laughs> I, I think Betty's is good maybe I don't know I think she's got quite an long. abnormally long tongue, long tongue. No, I can so confirm Betty. penguin tongues can get out there yeah, okay. they can. They can okay. So anyway, then then she goes and gets the other. She gets help from the other animals, um, um, <laughs> like the elephants and the gorillas, and then they rip off the grill and set um, Nicholas Cage free. And then they're reunited. And then the rest, the the last section of the film is just about um, Nicholas Cage fighting the system to allow him to marry the penguin. So he ha- he takes the city council to court. Wow. Um, oh, so he turns to, against his he turns against his lawyers <laughs> to yeah. let him marry the penguin. And, um, well, I, does he succeed? I, I don't know. How long oh, so we don't even know. Actually, yeah. all of that, you're not even You leave it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> so oh the, 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 the jury goes, um, so the judge goes, okay, let's, uh, jury, do you, uh, do you think it's okay for Nicholas uh, Cage, his full name, is, is the same <laughs> as his character, to be able to marry this penguin? And then they, the guy stands up and goes, we think, and then it's the end. Oh. What's the runtime on this, <laughs> this film? <laughs> Uh, How is that an ending? I think, I just like, um, I don't know, two, two hours, 12, something oh. like that. Next up is Maisie. Maisie, what is your idea for an inspiring underdog film? Okay, so uh, mine is a uh, comedy drama, if that is a genre, I believe. Um, so, so I'll, I'll just give you my, my, my quick premise, right? Uh, an up-and-coming con man infiltrates uh, a prestigious boarding school and assumes the identity of a religious studies teacher in order to gain access and steal from the school's vault of historic religious artefacts. <laughs> but when he falls for the headmistress, 
Can he go through with the heist and leave his moral conscience at the door? Nice. So, mm. so is he the underdog in this story? He's the, he's the outsider in this prestigious. Yeah. So, are we rooting like... for him to do the heist? Yeah, yeah. You are you are essentially rooting for a guy to sin here. Uh, <laughs> um, what's what's the title? I hear you ask. Um, Passion yeah. of the heist. Oh, oh nice. nice. Passion of the heist. Yeah. Um, and that's what you've described there. I think it's almost exactly beat for beat a Centrinian's film. I think so. I think what I've done there yeah. is I've taken Centrinian's and School of Rock and uh, all of the really bad Guy Ritchie films. None's on the run as well. You could have a just <laughs> that. Yeah. Well, at least you're pulling from the best. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Does, is Eric Idle in this film? I mean, we can put him in for sure, for sure. I'll Great. find, I'll find a, a, a role for him. Um, that, that I've got uh, Taron Edgerton. Is that how we say his name? Are we going with Edgerton? Yeah, I'd that's just it. go yep. with that. Is it? Yep. Yeah. 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 Maisie, I've got a few more questions about the idea. So our, 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 main, ca- our main character, who is mm-hmm. stealing a variety of religious artifacts, what is his name? Uh, Harry. 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 Honestly, yes. He's, he's this common. He wants to be the, you know, big in the con artist world. Oh, is that uh, why he's stealing? It's, it's, yeah. It's to make he's, his name. He's in this, he's in this gang... Uh, Eric Idle's gang, and uh, in order to sort of prove himself and earn his stripes, they put him on this job of of, of infiltrating a, a posh boarding school as the religious studies teacher. Um, the religious studies teacher post is kind of like the defence against the dark arts post <laughs> at, at, at Hogwarts, and that they never they never seem to have an appropriate member of staff for it. Yeah. Uh, so they get they get this Harry lad in, um, and, uh, and 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 he has to be doing all of this teaching and stuff. He doesn't he, he, he don't believe in God, does, does Harry? He's a con man, uh, but he falls for Ruth, uh, who's the the headmistress, and uh, she's she's very devout in her faith. Is Ruth? Uh, so there's there's no sex scenes whatsoever uh, in this in this film, uh, and and uh, Ruth is played by Gemma. Uh, Arterton off of, of St Trinian's. Okay, good. <laughs> nice. Uh, and and uh, we'll whack someone like Vinnie Jones in there as well uh, as as one of the gang members. He's he's going. Oh, you, you can't be oh, fooling yeah. for this. Uh, this is yeah. my gang voice, but you you you, you can't be fooling for these headmistresses. So You've got to be getting that posh chalice that will get us yeah. lots of money. Harry sneaks off to the edge of the grounds during the night where that's it, mis- yeah. misty and there's uh, Vinnie Jones there or whatever. He's like, yeah, in a tweed, oh, no, yeah. I, I much hat. prefer the idea that Vinnie Jones infiltrates the school as a child. <laughs> in a sort of uh, crankies uniform. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's on his like on his knees with the uh, <laughs> with the shoes, with the on, shoes his on his knees. But everybody at like everyone at the school knows that he's doing that, and he thinks he's fooling them, but they just think he's like a bit, like he's a bit touched. You he's know? a bit, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got to be particularly nice, that Vinny lad. Yeah, exactly. Well, his name is. Is he playing Vinny Jones in this film? Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> called. Is, is the, pl- yeah, is the he's, plot? He's of this acting film... as himself. Yeah. <laughs> All the kids in the film are like, "Is that Vinny Jones?" Yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> Vinnie Jones as Vinnie Jones. <laughs> well, everyone is too scared. They're all starstruck. They're too scared to kind of correct him or say anything wrong, so they just let him be. Um, they all, everyone refers to him as uh, the actor and former footballer Vinnie Jones. So, like, in the, so the, the headmaster will go, yo, boy, the actor and former footballer Vinnie Jones, come here. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Um so yeah, they, 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 they start to fall in love to Harry and Ruth, uh, but 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 Harry is obviously conflicted on whether or not he can still go through with with stealing all of these uh, riches from the school's vault uh, for the gang. When uh, really he's really started to question what is right and what is wrong and moral ethics and mm. uh, uh, choice and, and, and sin and all of this. Uh, and of course he doesn't want to hurt and betray this um, uh, Ruth. Lady, what, what do we think happens at the end? Does he does he go through the heist, or does uh, is the only thing that's stolen his heart? Well, yes, that that is the ending. <laughs> yes, yeah, that there's a there's a beautiful speech made by uh, uh, Taron uh, Edgerton where uh, he says, "I came here to, to to steal all of these riches, but it turns out you, Ruth, you are the thief, uh, and and you've stolen my heart." <laughs> She's arrested. Uh, 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and then at that point, uh, Vinnie Jones uh, stands up off <gasps> his shoe uh, uh, knees uh, and uh, <laughs> and he's, he's fuming and he thinks it's a huge reveal. Uh, and everyone sort of still feels pressured to go. Oh, oh my god! Oh, what? No. Um, even though they have, of course, known all along. Uh, and 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 Vinny's not happy. Vinny's not happy, and, and and Eric Idle, he's not happy either. He comes in, <laughs> all the other gang members. Um, there's a mass shootout. Everyone's got to got to oh, uh, get into the vault to 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 to, to avoid Vinny and uh, and Eric's shootout. Uh, as they try to steal all of the riches, it's it's quite a climatic end, um, uh, and one that uh, just suddenly cuts to the credits amid the, the, the shootout. <laughs> mid gunfight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could it? Yeah. Could it? Could it possibly instead of it just cut into the credits? Could it slowly? Could it just slowly fade out? <laughs> just, just the credits just, just slowly fading over a gunfight. <laughs> yes, most people just um, are watching this gunfight going. It's the- is the scene getting darker? Or, and, and yeah. it, but, but it's a really, really slow fade. Like just yeah. the scene gets darker and the gun, the gunfire sounds just fades very, very slowly, and then the credits appear. Well, wait, but the credits can the credits start with just when it fades completely to black. There's a pause, and then it just says, "You have been watching." <laughs> Vinnie Jones as Vinnie Jones in a Heidi High Croft and Pierce ending. So like Vinnie Jones giving a thumbs up while people are being shot behind him. In the, in that you have been watching instead of them. You know how like uh, you rang my lord Heidi High or Doctor Beeching. They were always like just them standing there. Uh, I'd like to say like Dad's army, where they're actually, you know, how, you know how they're walking through the field at yeah. the end. Yes. So there's, yeah. so there's a bit, there's a bit more movement. So you, you see Eric Idle, and it's like you have been watching, and there's still gunfire going off, and he's walking along, and then it goes. So you see Taron Edgerton, and then, uh, and then Finney Jones on the little shoes, like oh, finding it really, really hard to move through the, and this is you have been watching Vinnie Jones as. The actor and former footballer, Vinnie Jones. Yeah, yeah, shuffling along on his knees. I'd like that. And that's the end of our second inevitable clip show. We'll be back with some brand new episodes very soon, but in the meantime, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at YouWatchedPod, and just, you know, chill out. We're working as fast as we can here.